This is Pastor Troy. I hope you're doing well. We are wrapping up season two, but you know what that means? The best of season two. Here it comes. It's coming right at you in just a minute, but don't worry. We're in the studio. We're getting ready. We're getting things lined up, and very soon we'll be unveiling season three of On the Dock. In the meantime, you can go back, watch season one. Check it out. It is fantastic. It's not outdated. Go catch it. And now we're in season two, and get ready for this best of season two episode. on the dock with pastor troy here we have had an incredible start to this uh part two we're in well done lives well lived series we're in part two but this is the b section we're going to go into another episode here and when we set these up with don and with myron and our different guests we decided to bring them in the studio and let them talk and we'll just do some breaks in here and lucas will do magic with beginnings and ends but we're going to get into part two of this and uh, we're ready to go we're again on the set with myron Philkins. we're learning so much about myron if you haven't watched this go listen to the first part of this it'll be the episode preceding this check it out you're gonna learn a lot about his early stages and Myron what we learned about you was that 10 12 year old boy you the Lord really touched you you had an anointing from God um, it, it's amazing that 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 even though you, the Lord kind of told you that there'd be a time you'd be away from him it's amazing that his hand was on you the whole time and the number of stories you have there of where the Lord used you for special moments is just almost like something like one of the old prophets from the one of those old minor prophets in the Bible when you read stories about him it's, it's just amazing we're gonna get in as, as we were wrapping up the last section we were talking a little bit about your time in vietnam and as you get through vietnam um and you get ready to come home uh, when you came back from vietnam did you come back to kansas to your, to your home area did you move back home in that area where did you go uh no i moved back to uh, rochelle illinois rochelle illinois that's and, just south of rockford and you and you said you just had all kinds of different trades and experiences through your life it seems like the lord's made you jack of many things yes yes it's, so, forklift driver you said other things oh yeah plumber electrician and and uh, i loved electronics back in the day when uh, when they had the tubes and uh, 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 capacitor they didn't have integrated circuits back then so uh, wow. wow that's amazing vietnam was quite a formative time when you look back at vietnam and and you, and you see how the lord spoke to you in those times and even though you weren't really following the lord at this point in time you still seem to have a heart it seems like god spoke to you tell us a little bit about like you you shared that you had a critical moment where you were suffered a little bit of injury you were doing some rehab work and that's when you really feel like the lord kind of grabbed a hold of you again can you can you just start up and tell us a little bit about how where did you get back into god and where did god grab a hold of you and begin to shape you into the myron that we know today That's really tough, Pastor, because uh, there was bits and pieces. It's like the Lord showed up when when he needed to show up, even though I didn't have any recollection of... Let me say this. 
When I came back from Mardi Gras in uh, 2004, I think it was, uh, one of the gentlemen on our, that I had met a year or two or three years before uh, came up to me and I could tell the spirit of the Lord was on him and he he prophesied he prophesied to me he said the Lord is saying you need to get back with uh, with either walk to Emmaus or total Christian television as a prayer partner I'd been part of both of those uh, entities before well, I tried to get back with uh, no greater or uh, with uh, walk to Emmaus, but it just didn't seem to work out. But it worked out perfectly. Obviously, order to the Lord uh, uh, with Total Christian Television as a prayer partner, and I met a guy here at. Uh, uh, community of faith about that time and uh, he showed me a little uh, pamphlet he had and it was his testimony his personal testimony of a healing that the Lord had done for him in his life and I thought Lord that's pretty neat uh Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm getting ahead of things. You. You okay. asked me when I got back, started really getting back with the right. Lord. When you get. When, when did you really get hot, the Lord, uh, with that? And let me may ask a question to put a dot on that though. When you when you start going to Mardi Gras, Dave Morani would, would have been the connection to get you to Mardi Gras. Now Dave Morani exactly. is in our No Greater Love Legend series. If you get a chance to watch that podcast, we had Dave on mm -hmm. here. Dave was also my first group leader at Mardi Gras. Uh, he didn't get me there. Shane Bishop did. He was my spiritual brother in the Lord. I met Fred. So we have, what, when Myron's talking about Mardi Gras, he's talking about going with No Greater right. Love Ministries, Fred Bishop's ministry. He's a big part of this uh, podcast. We're going to actually have him in this series again. Uh, he's one of my well-lived people. But uh, Fred, Fred had a huge influence. Dave Morani got you connected. There were many men in this church at Community Faith that were at that time highly involved with No Greater Love and traveling. So back up. Tell me how you it re was Benny Hinn. Benny it Hinn. It was that evening uh, after I'd been hanging at drywall. 1988, you told 1988, me. 1988, it was Benny Hinn on that TV. And You read, said you hurt your back or something while you were doing it? While I was hanging drywall, I hurt my back, and I... Had to turn the TV on to hear some good preaching, which I had never done before. And you just felt led. You just kind of, you said it kind of caught you off guard when you said, I want to listen to some preaching saying, like, who's talking out of me? Uh, exactly. <laughs> who's talking? To who's telling me that? <laughs> and, and then I turn it on and he starts uh, telling me my life story. Wow. Uh, and uh, you feel like that was kind of an awakening moment for you. That was an awakening moment. Yeah. It Things started... We see through a glass darkly. Things started to come back a little right. bit at a time. It's kind of like coming out of a, I don't know. <laughs> out of a fog bank, you know. Yeah, yeah you exactly. Can see it, right? And uh, 
it got me so stirred up inside that I had to have more and more anything I could get of this Lord. And uh, uh, my gosh, I even I even got in. Uh, I was going to three churches at one, <coughs> at one time. I was going to a community of faith. I was going to Adot Ariel, which was a Messianic Jewish. That's uh, how you got connected to Israel. Down yeah. here in town, and uh, uh, church on the way, which is no longer uh, around anymore. But it was. Uh, more of a uh, emphasis on uh, Holy Spirit and uh, 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 more of a charismatic type of uh, congregation, I would think you might say. So I was getting a real well. Uh, I was getting whenever I could. How did you? How, how did you get back from Northern <laughs> Illinois back down? You were up farther in the state when you came back from Vietnam. How did you get down to Marion? I, I was an air traffic controller at. Uh, uh, Chicago Center, huh. and I uh, uh, couldn't stand all the ego trips. Some days uh, uh, your day would go very smoothly and everything would go great with the air traffic and everything, and some days it would be just a, a bear just because of uh, uh, the ego uh, trips that you had to deal with and the coworkers and stuff. And... Uh, Actually, coming down here was an answer to prayer. Uh, but I did get a transfer down to uh, uh, the air traffic control tower over at Carbondale. Well, that would not... You go from Chicago air traffic control to southern Illinois. Oh, it's like going on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like going It'd be on like at the busiest place on the planet down to like the sleepiest place on the planet. Now, mm -hmm. yeah, so obviously you didn't get fired by Reagan. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh, I you made did. That. Yeah, I made that one too. <laughs> you made that one too. I was fired by Reagan and uh, there. Drew, Drew Lewis was the secretary. Of Lucas is too young for this. Lucas, <laughs> Lucas, all the air traffic controllers went on strike. Was it what year is it? Eighty-one. Eighty-one. They all went on strike to wanted more pay. Reagan said, "That's fine. You're all fired." Right at my birthday, <laughs> he fired every one of them. Right at my birthday, yeah. that was my birthday present in 1981. <laughs> Air so, traffic was a little slow for a few weeks while he yeah. rehired them all. He fired them. It worked though. He broke that group, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't hire me back. I was he, I was a, a union uh, rep at, at uh, Carbondale. Oh so, man, I'm so sorry about so, that. Anyway, yeah. I was that was good because I had other experiences. Hey, moved you yeah. on to someplace else, didn't oh, you? Oh yes, yeah. yes, the yes, door. Yes. Hey, if the Lord, Lord closes the door here, He opens the door. Over Always. Here. I think it's a key thing that you people just need to have hear. To, you just have to be aware of that. You mm -hmm. can't be sitting there pouting. You got to start looking for the door He's open. Yeah, you know that. Right. If you don't look for, you won't ask find and it. You shall seek and you shall yep. find. Knock and the door shall be. You got to do that. Secret. We saw the same thing with my grandfather. Yeah. He had doors open and closed, and you know he didn't like this, but then he he did this. And next thing, you know, you, if you just if you're a person of faith and you just do the right things and you go on the right steps, God will order your path. Yeah. If you keep your eyes fixed on Him. So, so you, you found the Lord back in 1988. You're on fire for the Lord. You get back down to Southern Illinois, God's country. Now you're working in Carbondale Air Traffic Control, which right. is like a vacation yeah. for you from Chicago. Somewhere in the process, you got plugged up with our church here, Community Faith Church. You're working with a Messianic Christian church. For those of you that don't know what Messianic Christianity is, those would be a, that would be a Jewish church where they have received the, 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 the decision that Christ is the Messiah. Yes, so they're Christian Jews. Yes. But they're, you don't want to call them Christian Jews. They're Jews 
that have believed the revelation of Christ. Completed Jews. Completed Jews. Completed Jews. Yeah. So I would never call a Messianic Jew a, a Christian. They're, they're, they're true Jews. They, they, they believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And, and in other words, they're true Jesus followers. Right. Right. So, yes. so you got connected with them. And I'm going to assume you then got involved with No Greater Love in 1999-ish mm-hmm. with Dave Morani, groups going there. Um, you, you shared about the incredible prophecy you got from one of the brothers on the trip. Right. That really drove you into extra gear. Mm-hmm. Kind of got you mm-hmm. going there. Now, what? I know you've had some incredible trips to Israel. And you've got to go ahead. In the middle of all this. Yep. Did you ever get married or have a family? Oh yeah, I, oh, I, I lived in the world for for years. I got married in 1974 and uh, uh, divorced in uh, 1997. Hmm. Okay. So you got to take the good with the bad, but uh, yep. Uh, you know, I'm not all. Uh, well, my mom was all roses because that was her name. That's her name. I'm, I'm not all roses. <laughs> no, I, I like what you're saying that um, you haven't. I mean, I don't think people have to either. The Lord can use you from where I, you've been. I, and I take went you. through. I went through. The Lord allowed me to go through a lot of stuff that most people go through. I, He's given me this incredible ability to say, "I know what you mean." And I'm meaning that because I've experienced it. But there's a way out. Mm-hmm. You see, he's always given me the other side of the story. Mm-hmm. And so by his grace, I'm able to relate to people and to say, but hey, there is another side to the story. Right. There is a way out. The Lord has something better for you, a door that he's opening that you need to recognize. Right. And so, so 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 tell me how you got involved with going to Israel, what you did in Israel, what what your role in going and tell me what that all looked like. It's really powerful. I've heard these stories and you've got some incredible Well, incredible. Uh, Moshe Lori was the uh uh pastor or uh he was actually a uh, a Jewish uh uh what do they call him uh Priest, uh, rabbi. rabbi, rabbi. He was actually a uh, rabbi, and uh, I was going to their congregation, and uh, one uh, spring he announced uh, uh, that in the fall uh, he was going to take a group to uh, uh, Israel, and anybody that wanted to sign up. And I was at one of the lowest points in my life financially at the time. I didn't have a dime in my pocket that 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 evening, but a voice said inside me, pretty forcefully, "You're going, Myron." <laughs> Excuse me. I said, "Okay, Lord, you provide the money, and I'll go." Oh my! Because I didn't have anything. I was in my 50s now, and there wasn't anybody looking for any fire or traffic controllers or <laughs> or uh, anything like that, you know. Uh, uh, and my health was so bad at the time that uh, 
the last place I worked at, and I wouldn't name them, but uh, because I loved them with all my heart, but uh, they let me go before because of my uh, health problems, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it was nonprofit, so there was no benefits. So <laughs> if it hadn't been for my mama, I probably wouldn't be here now, unless the Lord. I don't think a lot of people know this, but Myron has spent a lot of time in the VA hospital here in Marion. Uh, he is not only is he very well known there, he's not, very well loved there. Uh, I can walk in and he's there. Sometimes he's there weeks before we find out it because Myron is not somebody that calls and gripes and tells stuff. We hear it through the prayer vine, then we catch up to him. Sometimes when I've gone to the hospital, you've already been gone, but I can walk in there anywhere and they'll say oh you're myron's pastor and then they'll tell me right where you are oh, you know they, they know you they love you they're when you speak to nurses there their faces light up around you uh you are a joy uh, there i have been over to that hospital numerous times and been told that you wouldn't make it out yeah i mean i can't even tell you probably you're up there in my top one or two people of where I've gone and prayed with them thinking this will be the last time I see them, mm. you know, where, where you had, you know, breathing issues or they didn't think you were going to make it or you it's had this. That. Yeah. You have, you have just had time. What, what is, did, did your Vietnam age and things you were exposed to affect your lungs and stuff today? I, I know they did. Agent Orange killed my brother mm. yeah. and uh, he followed me two years afterwards into the army and everything. And, uh, he just got more of a dose of the Asian than you, than I did. Than you did. And the VA's taken, I, I tell you, they take very good care of you personally. Very, very. I mean, I mean, some people have issues with the VA, mm. but I don't think you do. And I think as soon as you're there, they take great care of you. I so appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And, and your attitude there, you are a true witness to everybody there. Oh. I, I've been in your rooms. It's a, it's a, You go there as a pastor to pray for the brother. He prays for you. He ministers to you. The, the nurses are ministering to you. He just has a whole sanctuary thing. I can see how v, when you were in Vietnam, people saw an anointing on you. There, there's just something that flows on you. It's just amazing. I just want to say that to you. Well, back to where we was, Israel. And the Lord spoke in my heart, and he said, Myron, you're going. And, of course, I said, Lord, you provide the money. I'll, I'll go. Off you go. And I'll be darned. I had signed up. For the VA, for assistance, a few months before and forgot all about it. Wow. Didn't think I was going to be able to get any help or anything because they were doing budget cuts at the time. Right. Two months before we do to go, and we had to have $3,000. (laughs) <laughs> two months before we went for our plane tickets and the tour and all this stuff we had to have it in advance three or four days before we were due to meet and turn in our money I get this check in the mail from VA Wow! and it covered the Lord already knew he had it your way covered paid. it he told you because he knew he had it <laughs> Excuse me. That's I forgot okay. all about it. Wow. Well, God didn't forget. He didn't, he didn't forget. forget. He had it all lined up. So now you're now you're going to go to Vietnam. You're, you've been from Vietnam. Now God's going to send you back to Israel. So I go to Israel with this uh, 
uh, tour group. And we got to see a lot of things that uh, you didn't normally see in a regular tour because uh, Moshe Lori, Rabbi Moshe Lori, he knew it. He knew the country. He knew. So you got a really a, a, you got fun. a you got a better tour. <laughs> you got a better tour than most most people would get there. Yeah. So we did, and uh, I just felt I was enjoying it, but I there was something in me. There's got to be something else. There's got to be something more. There, we've got to do more than just. We were spending our money, and they needed the money. Believe me, the t- country needed the money, but something more and two things happen three things happen four things happen. one thing lord had me reading one of the psalms and i forget what it was out the window of our hotel is on the seventh floor uh, in jerusalem <coughs> at the top of my lungs and i got pretty good lungs when it comes to that reading one of the psalms about uh, jesus you know, or maybe it was the book of Isaiah, that one chapter. What is it that they won't allow to be read? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. <clears throat> the next day, my uh, roommate uh, had a real bad stomach problems. We'd been to the Dead Sea, and he <laughs> might have got more stuff in him than, than just floating. The Lord said this would happen. This naughty nose <laughs> before I came. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> I laid the hands on him. I mean, he was laying there groaning, and I just laid hands on him. I read Jesus, Jesus' name. <clears throat> he met us at breakfast an hour later. Ready to eat? Same day. <clears throat> We'll give you. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna give you a break. I'm gonna okay. give you a break. Let you get your get a break. We'll, okay. we'll, I'll pick you back up right in this. Okay. I can do that because we're we'll just take a pause. I'll put you back in it. I'm just gonna blow my. No, nose. you blow your nose. Take care of yourself, brother. You you know. We'll we'll pick it back up. I know exactly where to pick it back up. I'm making good notes here. Lucas can do magic here. I'll do a little recap. Would you go to lunch out? Chinese. In Heron? Here yeah. Again? Yeah. Well, I mean, asking where you want to go. He said, it was good. Did he like it? Yeah. Oh, he, lo- he loves oh, it. He goes no, there. He, he loves that. Right. He loves he that place. There. Take your time. Have a drink if you want. If you need to. <clears throat> Trust me, I know. I've had this congestion for a two month. Two weeks. Uh, two, three weeks. It feels like terrible. a month. I just can't. That's why I've got cough drops constantly. Oh, I was going to interrupt more for you. I I've got. I'm down to two. So. This is still being part two, uh, Lucas, but yeah. I'm just going to. I'm going to try this without this because this sometimes <clears throat> I get some moisture out of the tank. You think you can do it? Yeah, I'm ready. I, right. I, I don't get this kind of obvi- audience. Much, right, right. You, no, you're doing a good <laughs> job. You're doing a great job. I just, I'm going to back, what I'm going to do is back up to you're in Israel and you were, you're at the hotel there and you got four things. So. 
And the next thing. Okay, let me, let me, oh. let me, let me stage this. Uh, we took a little break there. <laughs> Myron got a little choked up there. Uh, and so we want to get him caught back up. He, he, he got a little, little swallow water and got a chance to blow his nose and stuff. He was talking about being at the hotel. And there were four things that he felt the Lord led. One was to read Isaiah from the top of the hotel. You were talking about your roommate who was coming back sick from the Dead Sea. Go ahead, brother. Right. And then after the good Lord healed him up and he was ready for breakfast, the daughter of a couple that went with us, uh, she was so ill that they had to take her to the hospital. And they did. And she was diagnosed with some kind of fancy thing. And we prayed for her, and, and the Lord got her out of the hospital. They didn't think she was going to be able to come back to the States with us. But the Lord raised her up. On the way over, we were in the aircraft flying to JFK from uh, St. Louis, I think it was. And uh, 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 Rabbi Moshe Lori, he passed out on the plane. And I started praying, and the next thing you know, I was praying in tongues, and that airplane got quiet, <coughs> and he got up. Hmm. And nobody said a word. Not a person on that plane said a word. <laughs> but they could all hear those tongues going out. <laughs> it's all the Lord, because that wasn't my idea. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. And he got on with the rest of the tour. So you had a pretty powerful tour there. Then comes the good part. Oh, was, I love it. At the end, I went out. We, we were all packed up and we were ready, waiting for the bus to take us to the airport. And I went off by myself. <clears throat> at the front of the hotel and I'm looking out over a skyline you can just imagine uh, Jerusalem but with the mountains in back of it oh I'm looking out there and my heart starts crying out as the mountains surround Jerusalem so oh so, yeah so the Lord's love surrounds us and I I my, like I say, my heart just started crying out to the Lord, Lord, you need to send evangelists. You need to send prophets. You need to send <coughs> soldiers of the cross. And suddenly, as sure as I'm sitting here over this gorgeous view, these clouds form, and out of this cloud forms a huge eye, mm. like an eyeball. And this came up in my soul. He who watches over Israel neither sleeps nor, nor slumbers. slumbers. Wow. One, two... For six months later, I was back in Israel with a team 
of pastors, evangelists, prophets. Hmm. Wow. Ah. That's not encouraged either. No, not at all. Mm-mm. That had nothing to do. I mean, that had... That was another one where I thought I would have not, not have the money to do it. But it went... Yeah. <laughs> let, let, let me read Psalm 121, verse 4. He will never sleep nor slumber. He is the guardian God for his people. Yeah. I love that. I love that whole text. It starts off with Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence my help comes. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Yes. I've read that so many times in so many places. And then the other text that, that, that the Lord really put on my heart when you were doing that, and it just really speaks, is uh, one I've heard from, from my brother Fred Bishop so many times. Psalm 125.2, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth oh and forever. So you got a vision. Oh. you got a vision of the Lord. You mobilized a group to go back. Yeah, typical no greater love guy. You know, we go, we go on the tour, we do the past Christian thing, and then we then God, you know, Fred's ministry taught all of us to be runway. It kind of did basic training with, you know, clowning, street preaching, one on one, learning how to carry your faith out, having conversations. And but Fred's goal was to put the gospel in the hands of faithful men so that they could learn what they did, then go out and let God show them their own ministry. Let them show them, let, let them see where the huge eye of God wants them to go in this case. So in your case, the Lord really triggered you to go back to Israel, to be a force in Israel, to be a witness and be a prayer warrior. Tell us about that second trip. What was your mission about? What was your, what was your, what was your, what do they say in the, in the military, your MOI, or what do they call it there, MOP, your mission, your, your yeah. priority plan, what was your goal there? Uh, it was to pray over the borders of Israel for protection and uh, repentance for past sins, uh, you know, I, I should explain just a teeny bit. I had gotten in with a group of uh, these prayer people that went around the country praying. They prayed specifically. Uh, it, it, it's uh, to explain it would take much more time, but uh, basically, a group of people. Uh, that would map different places around the country and around the world where great sin had taken place and uh, of the belief that if repentance has not taken place for the sin that was connect, uh, committed in these areas, uh, then God couldn't bless it. In other words, when... when uh, Great sin occurred. The windows of heaven would shut off to a certain area, and there's some like Adam Alcott says, the blessings will hold up. And so, the, what they were praying was for a covering of that and to make yes. a restoration to that to make restoration. And we did that. Rivers of the United States, uh, east and west coast, uh, Israel. Uh, uh, that's what I got to go on. I got to go on six or seven of those uh, prayer journeys we called them 10 or 12 day prayer journeys and uh <clears throat> i got in 
with that group through Helen Williams, who used to uh, uh, go here. And, uh, but also I met her through Total Christian Television. Remember I mentioned that uh, uh, the uh, pastor, one of the pastors at uh, No Greater Love had prophesied to me to get back to TCT to the prayer room. Right. And that's where I met her, and of course. So you've, had, you've just had an extraordinary life of being out, out there. You've been able to see God move. You've been praying through our country. Let me, let me, let me see if I can let me, let me bring us into the modern for a minute. We've got to really hear some incredible stories in your life. Um, just, just some incredible stuff, Myron. I mean, how, how God has showed you in legend and all this stuff. Let's come to today for just, just this. I think one of the things that we want to do is help people get off the dock. You know, people are, today people either have lost faith uh, they're, 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 they're maybe in a state of hopelessness, but if they're listening to here, we know at least they're trying to re-engage. So if somebody's listening to us and on the dock and, and, and they're wanting to know how they can get out, I mean, you've been through Vietnam, you've been through poverty, you've seen God raise you up. You've seen God do amazing things. You've seen miracles. You've seen the hand of God that you've seen the crucifixion of Christ. God, God's had own revelation to you of that. He's had a revelation of how he, he can look over us and he's looking at us and you've been a part of prayer teams. As the as United States, we are facing an incredible moment right now where we are collectively, our sins are beginning to smell a lot like Israel's sins, where they would go, go out for other gods, they went with other nations, they, they turned their back on the God that had done so much for them. We are a country that was blessed, we've had so much. We were a place of freedom of worship, a place where people could pursue their faith. And today we're seeing those doors close because people have turned their back again on God. We're seeing the blessing begin to dry up. We're not talking about just the abortion of children any longer. We're talking about the confusion of sexuality now. We're talking about literally uh, just transhumanisms being discussed these days. We're talking about things about where they're going to eventually be able to monitor us, you know, with devices implanted in us. We're getting into revelations type stuff. I'm not an end time preacher. I think you need to prepare yourself to always be ready for the end time. And in the meantime, take the talents and use the talents. And whether you go to meet the Lord of natural causes or whether the Lord comes and gets us, you need to be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have uh, for Jesus Christ. So I think you need to live like you're always in the fourth quarter of the football game. You need to live and be prepared to play like it is the two-minute warning. But what do you think that we're going to have to do collectively, uh, nationally, as, as the church right now to see a return to God? What, what would be your steps as a prayer warrior, just speaking prophetically right now to those listening? What, what are the two or three things that you think we've got to get right to get back on this right path, to get back where we let God surround us again and we get into this Psalm 121, Psalm 125 again. Uh, we're in trouble right now. We're, we're in deep trouble. We're in deep trouble. We're in deep trouble yeah. because uh, uh, it's, it's not just the fourth quarter, it's the last two minutes of the fourth quarter, I believe. Well, I think so too. And, and I, I believe so. If there's uh, not a, uh, we need to be uh, to even have an opportunity. We need to be as a church to be praying for repentance. But before we pray for repentance for the nation, we need to be praying for the repentance of the, the church. church. Yeah, I think that's our biggest problem. <laughs> is I, you know, I mean, you're listening to my preacher here. I'm trying to tell people we, the church, have got to quit relying on the government. We've got to quit relying on everybody else. We have got to rely on the man 
who surrounds Jerusalem. We've got to get back to Jesus Christ, the word of God. And, and that may mean we have to live in poverty. That may mean we have to walk away from entitled positions with the government. We may have to walk away from jobs that pay well. We may have to start plumbing and electrical wiring and stuff amongst each other's houses. We may have to live as refugees in our own country at some point in time. But I believe we are going to have to cut ourselves from the umbilical cord of the U.S. experience. And I love our country. I don't. I think the only way to save our country is to cut ourselves from it and begin to be prayer warriors and ministers and witnesses back to it. Exactly. And I, one thing I wrote down here is I've been hearing you talk. You remind me a lot of Hosea in the Bible. Hosea is the prophet in the Bible that he had a rough life and a rough existence. And we know, not, not in this case, but we know he was forced. The Lord had him marry a woman of the world. You got to know the Lord and you went into the world. So you, you have an experience a little bit like Hosea. You've seen the rough stuff. And he told Hosea he wanted him to experience that so he would have a heart for what has happened to God. Hmm. You've experienced the world. You know what people go through. You know the struggles and the separation, but you've also learned in your life what God does when God gets a hand on you, when God gets an anointing on you. You've seen God change the battlefield. You've seen God change a young man's life and give him hope for, for eternity on his deathbed. You've seen God change a lot of things in your life. You've seen God change your family to Christ. You've seen all these things happen. And, and now in this day and age, I see you as a mighty prayer warrior. You're somebody that believes that we can bend the curve with prayer. You've spent 10, 12 days, multiple times going and praying for places. As we pray here, you, you sense like I do that the church is going to have to have the first step of repentance. Yes, the church. exactly. Exactly. Because we, as a, as, as we are so separated. We are so separated from one another. It's it's. I understand the where church, you're at. We know the church started out as little home churches, right? But there was the Church of Jerusalem, and there was the Church of of, of, of almost any other town that you. The Church of Rome. There was a. They banded together. They banded together, and and. The elders nominated uh, deacons so that they could give them some time, to, their time to prayer. They knew, they knew prayer, and they knew the word. Holy Spirit. They knew that the, the one Jesus Christ left them for was to go back to the Father to send the Holy Spirit because he would not leave us alone. But so many people, unfortunately, in the body of Christ are so afraid of this Holy Spirit that we're not, there, we're not using the power that, that, is, that is available when we do exactly what the Lord tells us to do. And you can only know that through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I, I, think, I think one of the things, let me say this, I think one of the things people get intimidated <laughs> by is they get intimidated by what they perceive as, you know, somebody that's a charismatic, Holy Ghost oh, charged yeah. Pentecostal person. And they go, well, I don't wanna be that kind of Christian. You don't understand. We are separated we yeah. because, because listen, we are afraid, basically, when we say we're afraid of the great things of God, we're afraid of the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Holy Spirit, Jesus. We're, what we're saying is we're afraid of Jesus. 
because Jesus is the Holy Spirit. Yes. He sent the Holy Spirit as his comforter, as his tool, as his gift for us to empower us. So when we reject the Holy Spirit, we're really rejecting Jesus because it's what he gave us to be of him to change the world. And so what we've had is we have a world today that's got a church that's leading it that's anemic, that's separated, that has culturally basically declawed the Lion of Judah from being a powerful lion to a declawed, defanged kitty cat that's domesticated. That's right. And we want the, we want it to play well with others. So today we want the church uh, to be kind to this group and that group. And we, we, we don't really like the killing of the unborn, but we you know, let everybody do what's right in their own eyes. And you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Just like the book of judges. We don't really want these kind of sexualities, but you know, who are we? We don't want to be old fuddy daddy. So, you know, you can do that over here. Just let us do our thing. And now we're in a situation where the church is now under persecution. So a pastor like me, somebody like you, if we preach the gospel today, if we preach living the word of God, we preach the Holy Spirit, we actually can be taken off YouTube, off Facebook. We can be taken off of, uh, we can be considered intolerant. We're today where our nation founded on Christ is now struggling with even, even acknowledging Christ. And now the church itself is braided down to being basically a very poorly attended social country club. Yes. And so I think what you're saying is we are going to have to have a, a, a season of repentance, a season of picking back up the word of God, a season of, of, of denying our fear of Jesus and his gift of the Holy Ghost. We for got this church, we've been praying for the country. We got It's got to start in the church. That's what the I, word says. I don't yeah. see how we get past yeah. revival in our country revival in our kids until we have a revival inside the church exactly because revival re revival always comes out of ah, desperation right yeah the greatest revivals that have ever occurred remember how bad it was in the, we can't even begin to fathom how bad it was in the days of the Jews under Roman rule no. where you could step outside your house and have your head cut off and couldn't do a thing about it. Right. Just because you were a Jew we, and that was a Roman. We think we're facing a hard time, but, but I think you're exactly right. We're really not facing anything harder than Jesus did, anything earlier than Christ, Christians did. No. We are just so lily-livered. Gosh, and we're not even facing anything as hard as we our have brothers to and become, sisters in Afghanistan. And, yeah, our and, Christian brothers in Afghanistan, in Syria, Iraq, China are facing far I mean, it's going on now. Right just now. because it's not going on here yet, it's going on. It, it's happening. But the church here is just, the church here is almost still, and part of the problem is inside the church itself, when I as a pastor say, you know, we need to stand up for the children of our church, we can no longer put our children in the public education sector. I get people inside the church, inside the church to say, pastor, I'm upset at you. You're wanting to put kids in Christian education, but what about the support of our teachers in school. If you take the kids out of the public school, then our public school Christian teachers are gonna be abandoned. And you know, well, what about them? So I, my question is, do you want us to sacrifice our children on the altar of the Education mm. Association? Just like we aborted children, do we mm. want to sacrifice our children on the NEA's altar of education? Because it's not working. And, and I, I know that some people mean well, but I, I'm afraid that a lot of our people are thinking, if all the Christians leave the schools, our schools will collapse. No, they won't collapse. Parents love their kids. We will find, 
Listen, long before schools, parents were educating their kids at home. They were educating them in churches. They were educating them in small groups. In the, in the prairies of America, small churches came together, and churches were the place where the first schools were built. We can go back to teaching people about their faith in Christ and also teach them the ABCs, arithmetic, and all these things. And frankly, everything else you can learn on YouTube these days. That's ex exactly, exactly what I was going to say. Everything is in place now. Yeah. Education's I, I, almost propaganda now. Education's almost become indoctrination. Education's almost become a way to push people away from Christ. And we are going to have to return to stand on Christ the solid rock. And people are going to have to be ready to leave their jobs as necessary, leave their occupations. I, I'm real proud. I, I talked to a woman this morning. I won't name who she is. I called to try to get some information on something that's been working with us. And, and she said, I'm no longer with that job. I left my job so I could go home and homeschool my children. And, she, and I wrote her back and said, I'm so sorry we missed this information, and I hope you do a good job of that. I want to connect with you on that. I love the fact that families, young families, are making decisions to begin to educate their kids in different ways, and I believe we might could have a revival. We, the church, need to, number one, take a stand right now that our families and our churches will raise our children in the admonition of the Lord, fear of the Lord, but also in the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a young generation that's coming that's on fire. Mm -hmm. We've got to turn them loose. Yes, exactly. To, to do that, we got to get the Pharisees and the Sadducees out of the pulpits. Get we've, out of the way. We've got to get people with controlling spirits and Jezebel spirits out of the way, and we're going to have to let the church let the church be the church. That's right. I, I do, exactly. and I, I believe that huge eye is if we'll look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, He can bring revival. And I think if revival comes in the church, we begin to see God begin to move in the families. We'll begin to see. Lift, hope lifted up and we'll begin to see a lot of things happen myron what, what what would you say what would be one, one more thing before we wrap up here what would be what would be some of your prayer your top prayer things right now as people are agreeing to be in prayer with you you're a great prayer warrior what would be those things that you would put as top for prayer right now to see revival in our country in our families in our church if you're praying daily if you're up on that wall you're reading isaiah you're reading psalm 121 you're reading psalm 125 what are those things you'd be asking should we be asking god to give us that repentance asking god to help us with this where, where would you be crying out to god We've got to cry out to God. We've got to have the courage to cry out to God. Bring me to repentance, Lord. Bring myself to repentance, Lord. Mm. Bring my husband or wife, my children, to repentance, Lord. Do what it needs to be done yeah. to bring us to repentance. And then he's going to open the floodgates of heaven. Amen. We don't have to worry about that. We have to be concerned with self in the way of bring, be, have the courage, first to have the courage to ask the Lord to bring us to repentance because mm -hmm. that could mean losing everything. Right. It could mean losing everything, but one thing won't be lost. The enemy can destroy the body, but only but God can destroy the body and cast the soul into hell. Right. I totally agree That's with that. all the enemy can take. And I said to the Lord one time, I said, Lord, 
I said, what in the world is there worth dying for? I spent four years overseas in the military. What is there worth dying for? And he brought to mind, Christ is the only thing that's worth dying for. Mm. Oh, that's so good. And if we're not, I, I think one of my biggest, and I know, don't know how, I think it's happening. I think it's starting. I think what we're starting to see now is what was happening then. And this is necessary, what is happening now, to bring us as Christians to repentance. Because without the repentance, I, I, I the revival won't come. I totally right. agree. What we're, this that hard, comes out yeah. of desperation. I yeah. think the hard time we're going through mm-hmm. is it, we've, we're reaping what we've sowed. Exactly. But it's in that hard sowing that we're reaping not fruit. We're reaping, we're reaping thistles and hard times. Right. It's in that hard times that our nation's breaking down, crime, death, rape, everything's at all-time highs. People have lost identity, sexuality, depression. It's just garbage right now all the way around. Our schools are a mess. Our government's a mess. Our leadership's a mess. Our church is worse. And all this was led by a, a fickle church that's defanged, declawed, without power because it disconnected from the Holy Ghost. Why? Because the Holy Ghost was what would have turned us around. So the devil got us to break that Holy Ghost power. And right now, I think the key is that we've got to get this younger generation desperate enough to rend their hearts. And I, I, when you gave a scripture, you were talking about the heart. I was hearing right out of that, I was hearing the scripture from Joel chapter 2, 13. Mm-hmm. It says, rend your heart, not your garment. Yes. But I, I could see a tearing. It, when you, you were talking, I could feel you saying, you gotta, you got to repent. you got to open up your heart. God heals the brokenhearted in Psalms. And Isaiah, he, the sins he blots yes, out. Yes, yes. That was the prayer that I, the Lord asked me on one of my, when I was very young. He said, I'm going to give you a gift. I will give you a gift of healing. What kind of healing do you want? And I'd just gone through a bad thing with a little girl. And I was a little boy too. But just becoming aware of little girls. And I said, Lord, if you'd give me the gift of the healing of the broken heart, because that is so painful. Oh, yeah. And he gave me the gift of healing of broken hearts. And... I'm, I, I, I had to respond. Wow. Rend your heart and not your garment. Return to the Lord your God, Joel 2, 30, 2, 13, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love. He's been, it's getting worse and worse. His anger's mm. building. He's been slow. He's given us time. Abounding in love. So even as his anger for us is greater, his love to come back to us when we're repentant is there. And he says, and he relents from sending calamity. God does not want to take us down. Maybe the time comes, maybe he calls it quits on us, but but also maybe it's a chance for the church to rise up. What the church has got to do is repent. We've got to quit having this older generation try to control the future of the power of God. We've got to release the Holy Ghost into the young men. And and they've got to have visions and dreams again. And we've got to have people to quit rebelling, quit fighting inside the church, quit dividing the church, quit, quit, quit trying to pull down everything and control everything. What we need is a desire of people because revival starts out of desperation. We got to get desperate enough 
enough to end ourselves yes. Yes. and turn to God and say, God, we need you. We have to have, you said, the courage to cry out to God and to bring the Lord into repentance and to bring humble hearts before the Lord. I think if we can do that, I think we're in a time where we're, there, if, if the church could hold the stay, if there, I mean, many churches are going to be lost in this, but I think it's just the sifting the Bible talks about. Yes, They're sifted because they weren't on God, they were on man. But I think the real church now has a chance to stand up. That's what we're pushing for at Community Faith. That's what we want on the dock for you believers out there. We want you to hear the things of Myron. Myron has seen God work through his whole life. He's seen God work today. And he, you don't think God's done with us. I don't believe he's done with us at all because when he's done with us, the hammer goes down and judgment starts. And we can't stop that. None and of us we can can't, stop. We yeah. can't prevent that. Right. Even the Lord himself said that the Father has not told me when the end shall come. It's like there's going to be the last one that comes in, and that's it. It's over because the book has been written. It's been there. The testimony has been there. It's Everything is waiting for that one last soul to come in, Amen. I believe. Well, I think what, what we need for people is to activate your faith. We need people to listen to this testimony of this great man of God. Well done. Well done, my brother. I know you're not even anywhere near done yet, but but I want to just tell you, well done. I just appreciate you sharing that story, sharing that with me and Beth and, and Lucas here and with the others on, on the dock. I know it's going to show that God can have a divine purpose, but I think what I like is your ministry has been about calling people to repentance, calling the church to repentance, and I think that's the key going forward. If you learn anything here, on this well done series i hope you'll learn that what we need to do is just treat each other right serve the lord with all your heart mind soul and strength and and one day at a time sweet jesus right now we're far from that but i think as surely as as the, the lord the mountains surround jerusalem so the lord is there mm. just as surely as our as the lord's anger about the frustration of his church is here so his love's getting ready to abound he's just looking for who will stand in the gap who will be the prayer warriors? You went to pray for a lot of villages, a lot of towns. You stood on the wall of Israel and prayed. We are looking for people. We need people right now on the dock. We need you to start standing in the gap here. We need to start praying for our nation, our community, our schools, our children. And, you know, I don't know that we need a revival of what's being going by the wayside. I think we may need to reinvent it. We need to may strip it back down to the Word of God, to the Bible, and begin to rebuild foundations that are solid, not built of uh, wood, hay, and stubble. We need to go back and build on solid foundations. So let's rebuild our education models for our families in on ways that are pro positive. We cannot expect the government to put faith in our kids. It's the job of the church yes. to put the gospel in the hands yes. of the faithful. We are expecting the government to do everything from us. And the Bible puts the government not responsible for that. It matter of fact, tells all the government, it tells them they should be looking to God from whence their help comes yes. from. Right. We have got to get back to being Jesus first Jesus in the middle and Jesus last. Seek yes. ye first the kingdom of God, Matthew six thirty three, oh, and yes. his righteousness and all these, these things, will, things be will be added. Myron, thank you so much for your witness mm. and giving us your time today. You are a true saint of mm. God. I want to pray for you. Father, I just pray for Myron right now. He thank has you, given Lord. so much to your kingdom and, and given us his life. And Father, he's got this incredible book story out that he's told called Mercy and Grace. Lord, show him how to get that book back out in publication, yes, Lord, because I know it'll tell a lot. But but he is a, he's an example of what we need to do today. We need to get on the prayer wall we need to get back as watchmen on the wall men men and women on the wall praying for repentance in the church 
first. Praying for repentance in the heart of believers first. Praying yeah. for a restoration, Lord, of, of, of Jesus in the lives of people. Restoration of the word and mostly to take on the Holy Spirit that yes. Jesus gave us to give us the courage, yes. Lord, to stand for you, Lord. I pray for Myron that you would help his days, that you would bless him, you would help him in his healing, Lord. And Father, I just pray you would continue to direct him in his ministry. I thank you for what he means in my life and Beth's life and the riches that he is as a prayer warrior at Community of Faith Church. You, and I just thank you for his partnership in the gospel, Lord. Just bless him. Bless everybody out there today that is with us online and, and viewing, Lord. May they be touched to really take a look at themselves and say, am I standing on the rock of yes, Jesus? Lord, Father, call us back to alert, Lord. Call us yes. back to attention, and let's see revival in the church, I pray in yes, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're on the dock with Pastor Troy. It's been a great time talking with Myron Philkins. Myron, again, mm -hmm. thank you, brother. Thank, thank you. you. You can join us anytime at onthedock.org. If you got any questions, you can email us, info at onthedock.org. I mentioned a book that Myron wrote called Mercy and Grace. He's trying to figure out how to get it back out there. If you just want that book, want us to figure out how to get you a copy of it, what you do is you email us at info at onthedoc.org. Tell us you're interested in Myron Filkin's uh, Mercy and Grace. Don and I will keep harassing him until he gets a copy of it made. We'll figure something out and we'll find you a copy out there and we'll help you get it if you really want that. You can always watch us on any of our platforms, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, also Google Play, Facebook, RollQ, Rumble, and Sermonette. And please let us know on social media. You see those down there, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and Getter now. We're on Getter. Tell us what you think about this. Reach out to us. Have a little chat. Please share this broadcast with your fans. Hit subscribe like notify share this around so other people can hear the testimony hear the story of myron filkins and other things we're doing again we'd love to have you be a patreon partner we have a sponsorship program where you can your business organization can be a sponsor at three different levels we also have four different partner peer uh, tiers where you can support us and help us make this show even more effective and as always myron and i go and beth and lucas we all go to community faith church it's our home mm -hmm. church here and we'd love to have you we have sunday services yes. at 10 a.m 6 30 on wednesdays we also have a virtual tv you ever watch us you watch us online don't you yes YouTube. yeah 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 you can always watch us on youtube mm -hmm. it's a good service yeah uh, com is our webpage. you can find the youtube link to community faith the facebook link there's a sermon net and a roku all under community faith church we'd love to have you live if you can't get here because of other situations check us out virtually we'd love to have you anytime you can on campus and once again we are so glad to have you joining us on the dock go back and check out our other episodes we have so many that are going up we are just loving it and we're going to continue in this series real real soon come back and join us on the and we'll continue in the well done a life well lived hey myron again thank you mother beth thank you, thank you lucas myron. thank you god bless you we'll see you soon on the dock with pastor